the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. From the streets of Melrose Park to the trading floor of the Merc, he's fought for every dollar he's ever earned. And now, with personal liberty and our system of capitalism under assault in America, he's here to seize back our rights from the government. With a cigar in one hand and a copy of the Declaration of Independence in the other, he's Sean Thompson. And this is The Sean Thompson Show. Getting ready for the show. Obviously, I want to tear into this boondoggle climate gate, the fraud therein, the stock purchases, the insiders, Jennifer Gramhold, 5 million shares of a company that's going to get contracts of billions upon billions. I mean, it's amazing. It's criminal, and it's going to happen. And then this morning, as I'm going through the news, I thought we were bringing troops back from Afghanistan. I thought that was the big ploy. I know. I just I just did a show on it. Can't be a, ten days ago, seven days ago. U.S. military sends reinforcements ahead of Afghanistan drawdown. Now, one thing that was kind of left out of the PR stunt, where we're going to take the troops home and it's going to start in May, but September 11th they'll be back, is that we have in excess of 18,000 mercenaries that we call security, 18,000 kids, most of whom are veterans. They couldn't get jobs, and they get back into the system, and they make, I don't know if it was starting, I read somewhere at 185000 but they don't have to pay taxes on it if they join these, these, these corporations, these shill corporations where we can hide the amount of money, where the budget is, is dark and we don't see the kind of money or equipment that they use or how many of those kids die. So they have in excess of 18,000 in Afghanistan, and not a one of them was ever going to come back. In fact, what was going to happen is the 2,000 that we brought back, they were probably going to hire those kids that, that rotated out of the service back into the system because that's the way we fight wars now. And I want to blame it on the Democrats, but eh, once again, we're back to the painter. We're back to the dog water, walker, George W. Bush. He's the one that really made that possible. The idea that the American government is hiring mercenaries and that it doesn't get talked about or reported about kind of lets you know that the reporters, the people we call reporters, are exactly what we've identified them as, absolute and total statist propagandists. They are the American Pravda, because this, to me, should be, should be the issue. So in this article, it says, we are adding a number of long-range B-52 bombers. What are we going to do with it? We're going to take it out in nine days? The equipment and the devastation to the environment that this causes, I don't hear a peep. Not a peep. But you've got to add the cost to us citizens for breathing. It's, it's our CO2, which isn't really bad, but it's bad when it's us. But when it's their actions, it's all right. It's all for the betterment of, of what exactly? I don't know. I don't know, but I'm starting to get annoyed with the fact that there's only but a few talk radio hosts that discuss this. After 
my understanding of what Democrats were in America was anti-war. Yet, boy, oh boy, they're awful good at it, and they're awful good at lying about it, and they're awful good at frauding their constituents, who are willfully ignorant anyway. Don't, don't get me wrong. I don't have much respect for them. They're willfully ignorant anyway, because none of this bothers them. This doesn't bother them. Jennifer Granholm uh, owning 5 million shares of a company that gets immediate, immediate money from the Biden policies that he's going to jam down everybody's throat, regardless of how the people feel like about it, regardless of how the representatives vote on it. This level of fiat presidency is almost to be admired. This is something you normally don't see in the Northern Hemisphere. This is something you see. This is this is South American dictator stuff. As you heard in the last session, requires investing in innovation. That's why I've asked the Secretary of Energy, my Energy Secretary, Jennifer Granholm, who you saw earlier, to speed the development of critical technologies to tackle the climate crisis. No single technology is the answer on its own because every sector requires innovation to meet this moment. And the company that gets last heard $6 billion was the one she owns 5 million shares of. Not $5 million like Nancy Pelosi, that's her number, when she invests in Tesla or when she invests in Microsoft. I think that was $10 million. These are shares. And now she, as the head of energy, gets to direct where the money goes. Is there even an SEC? Do we even have an investigative SEC that takes a look at this kind of bald-faced corruption? I mean, I guess when you're the Speaker of the House, you get away with it. Because there ain't nothing we can do about Nancy Pelosi amassing a fortune of hundreds of millions of dollars. But in this case... This girl just got the job. Now she's in charge of the money. And is anybody certain she liquidated interest in the company? Or does anybody care? Because after all, this is the agenda of virtue. This is the agenda to save the planet. And we just got it shoved down our throat that carbon dioxide is a pollutant. Instead of a building block. Instead of something that the earth needs. You know, the ramifications to the economy are something I tend to focus on because, quite frankly, it's moronic and it destroys everybody's value of, of their currency. It does, it's a tax on every single person. And, of course, as we know, that affects the people who could afford it the least. Rich people don't care if their gas goes up, so it stifles. That's one thing. You destroy the economy. That's been the plan. To me, it's been an obvious plan by the Marxist Party for the last 40 years, if not longer. But what you're actually doing to the earth you say you love is an atrocity, is an injustice that words aren't big enough to describe the harm you're doing to this country. The only thing is, and the, and the planet in general, I, I, I have more confidence in the planet than I do the people, and hopefully they'll just shake us off like a bad rash. Today's final session is not about the threat of climate change poses. It's about the opportunity that addressing climate change provides. It's an opportunity to create millions of good-paying jobs around the world and innovate and innovative uh, sectors. You know, jobs that bring greater quality of life, greater dignity to the people performing those jobs in every nation. For a line worker, electricians, utility workers, line transmission lines, connecting battery storage and making our electric grid more modern. For automotive workers, building electric cars, trucks and buses, 
Skilled workers installing and charging stations to accommodate them throughout our countries. Construction workers, engineers, insulators, upgrading our schools and commercial buildings and constructing new energy efficient homes. Manufacturing, manufacturing workers building nuclear and carbon capture technologies, solar panels and wind turbines. And people working in the fields that we haven't even conceived of yet. On farms, on farms and on factories and in laboratories and universities, the things we haven't even thought of so far. Now it would be bad enough if these costs he's talking about are going towards new construction, specifically in homes, and new vehicles, but it's not because you're going to have to retrofit the existing homes. Because a lot of you know I'm, I'm a real estate broker, and uh, I spent a lot of time in finance. So people always ask me, what do you think of the market? What do you think of the market? How do you think? You think this is a bubble? You think this is? And it's such a complex answer because housing has always been an inflation hedge, right? So historically, it's an inflation hedge. But when you see a four-prong attack on wealth and you realize that in these ignorant policies by do-nothing politicians, every job he mentioned in his speech will probably lose between 30 and 50 percent of the workforce due to the costs the companies are going to have to have to expand and accommodate just their existing buildings just the buildings all have to be retrofitted and the companies that you have to purchase this garbage from they all own stock in it like the department of energy secretary and somehow she was approved and pushed through the senate and the reality is there's, there's evidence today, in my opinion, as the Republicans gave their counter to the so-called plan and the infrastructure plan, they simply want the money, some of the money, to go to their companies. And this is the part where I say it's an unfortunate circumstance that the voice of the people really goes silenced in these cases, that we, the people, were never really... What say did we have in this? How, I, I'm curious to know, is it that every Republican... And every Democrat feels that CO2 should be deemed a pollutant and we should literally tear apart our economy, our industries, our manufacturing, our housing and our electric grid for this. Texas was the most green friendly state in the country. You know, the one where the people almost froze to death. It existed on the so-called new technology, which really doesn't work. Nobody really wants to talk about what the actual output is of the scams and their answers are. None of these industries work without being heavily, heavily subsidized, and they would not exist if they were not mandated into existence. This is more than just helping the earth. This is truly about enriching the oligarchs at the cost of the citizens. And none of this stuff they're going to force us to put in our house, it's going to bankrupt a tremendous amount of us. None of it is going to add value to the house. It's an old saying in real estate. You know how you tell your, your client never to buy a house? If you drive up to it and it has solar panels on it. It's a scam that has a 30-year mortgage. It actually is affixed to the title. You're, you're hard-pressed to find efficient solar panels. And that doesn't matter to a one of them. So we're losing because we just keep letting them tell us to be quiet. And I'm wondering, what is the recourse to this? Or, or have we all just adopted the green energy platform and the Green New Deal? 
because I'm curious to know, have have you adopted this philosophy? I want to know, are you I mean, listen, there's a lot of people out there. The stock market rallied today, probably and mostly led by these scam companies. Because it doesn't matter what the tax is if, if the entire profit is false, if it's guaranteed, if it's subsidized by the federal government. So these companies had a massive good day on Wall Street. I guess it's still called Wall Street. It should be called the fixes in index. That's what I think the Dow Jones is. Massively good day. Why? Because they know this plan of billions upon billions is going down. The Green New Deal is going to benefit benefit the American oligarchs, and it is going to benefit but a select few of these companies. And regardless of the product they actually deliver, that does not solve the problem. John Kerry goes on to say, zero zero carbon is not enough. We're still going to have to do more. This is going to be a baton that you will be beaten with for the rest of your lives in this new America. 312-642-5600. Have you had enough or you just want in on the scam? That's the question when we get back. Thanks to Forbes. Jennifer Granholm, Joe Biden's nominee at now... The energy secretary holds more than a million dollars, actually five million dollars worth of stock in an electric bus and battery maker set to go public later this year. Now, this article is from um, December 19, 2020. All of this happened. The company did go public. Jennifer Granholm, her one million became five million invested stock in the company, her largest individual asset, according to the financial disclosure statement, which was released on Monday. And the other thing is, this is a great scam. If you're in on it, it's phenomenal. You know why? It has no end game. It's going to go on forever. Can you make it so I hit the button there, kid? You said twice getting to net zero is going to be hard, really hard. And uh, just remind everybody that 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 will depend on whether or not we have some breakthrough technologies and breakthrough innovations, number one. But even if we get to net zero, we still have to get carbon dioxide out of the atmosphere. So this is a bigger challenge than a lot of people have have, have sort of really grabbed onto yet. And again, we can't do it without your engagement and support. There you go. It's going to happen. It's going to continue to go on. Ross in Rolling Meadows. Hi, Ross. Hi, Sean. You are the new Rush Limbaugh. I am telling you, you are just spot on on what liberals are. But it's a, so it's a John great Kerry scam, though, Ross. To stop. Yeah, I. Yeah, five million dollars, and you make a whole bunch of money, and you run that cash. How about that? Mm-hmm. But anyhow, and then Lurch just wants us to just stop breathing. We got to get rid of that CO two. How the heck is a tree gonna live? It, it's a building comment. block. It, 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 they're so <laughs> short-sighted, but I think it's it's better than that. It's just they know this. These are these are people that know what's going on. The name of the company was Proterra, right? Proterra then goes into other acquisitions of ArcLight, Clean Transition. See, so the companies weed out then, and they grab other companies. But they know if they have that political influence, they have the golden goose. 
And now the government, meaning all of us, because there is the government doesn't have any money. They're spending your money in the future. They're going to prop up this company. This is Solyndra on steroids. And, Russ, we put uh, in the, in the department head of energy a woman who is very comfortable playing this game. And the Democrats say nothing. And I think what disgusts me uh, more isn't the fact that politicians are corrupt. Ta-da. That's what they really do. That's their job. They're gangsters. They can't win a fight. What makes me sick is that so many Americans are okay with this. I mean, on this alone, everyone should kind of revisit their views if you agree with this shenanigans. Revisit your views. And I think, Russ, after you revisit the history of what they've been selling for over 70 years, I think you'd be hard-pressed to say, I want to put my kids' money in this or my grandkids' money, because that's whose money this is. This isn't our money. Our money's long gone. Thanks for the call, Russ. I appreciate it. Thank you. I appreciate it. Kurt Norridge. Hey, uh, you know, listening to Kerry talks making my head want to explode. But but the the reason I called was, and what no one mentions, that we use less CO, we put less CO two into the atmosphere now than we did in 1992. No country on Earth is doing that, and we we did it all with fracking and natural gas. And now this president wants to stop that. The insanity of it lets you know that it's the biggest scam on Earth. Kurt, how about the the pipelines? The pipelines are the safest way, the safest way to have the, 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 the logistics of oil being sent from one, way to, from one place to the next. Yet they all are against the pipeline. Why? Because their donors like Warren Buffet own the railroads? Exactly. Yeah. I mean, it's, it, it, exactly. it's preposterous, Kurt. And unfortunately, they've got people so intimidated and so afraid to voice their opinion of opposition that people just go along with it, rather than asking a con man the greatest thing ever, and that's why. Just ask them why, and they can't answer it. This whole thing, if they wanted, if they were concerned, concerned about the CO2, why don't they want to do nuclear? And if they were concerned about the emissions of vehicles, why not let everything go diesel? It's the cleanest way, bar none. It's the most efficient way, bar none. Why not do diesel? Because they don't, don't want they don't want the competition against the gas engine. The diesel is a far better engine. Country that way. Yeah. Kurt, we're being outflanked. Thank you for the call. You know I appreciate you listening, brother. Lou in Naperville. Hey, how are you today, Sean? Very good, buddy. Good. Hey, you know, I, not that I'm against renewable energy resources or trying to develop those, but what I can't understand is since we are since we've developed all our fossil fuel industries to the point where we're the largest suppliers of gas and oil, we have the largest resources of natural gas and oil. I don't know why there can't be a balance in why we're investing into renewable energy and trying to develop some new technology. Why, why can't we also be at the same time investing into burning our fossil fuels in a more efficient way and selling that technology to the rest of the world at the same time. I don't know why we have to just because they're fascists. Whole industry because no, they're fascists. Yeah, but, but, that, but that's just insanity. Then I mean, that's what their goal is. You have to understand, Lou. They look at us as the problem. The the real the real message that they're afraid to say. They think what's bad for the earth is humanity. So they're looking to control us. 
They're looking to control our mobility. They're looking to control everything down to the way in which we, how, how we have kids. They're looking to control us. So they don't want to have a balance because they've identified the enemy to the earth, and it is man. And that's why what they're looking to do, every answer they have, is to hamstring man. And that's why these policies are implemented in fascism. They're not interested if you're convinced. Lou, they hope you're on their team. They really do. But if, if you're not, too bad. 30, I'm paying $30 more a tank, tank full of gas since uh, Trump's out of office. That's yeah. all I know. <laughs> it's, it's, it's over a dollar. And, Lou, I, th- that doesn't hurt the rich man. The rich man in the Bentley, he doesn't give a rip. But the poor guy trying to get a job to deliver pizzas to feed his kid because he doesn't want to go on welfare. That cripples him. Thanks, Lou, for the call. And they could care less about the poor people. If they could. We, everybody talks Saudi Arabia. Saudi, Saudi Arabia's oil is junk. The sweetest crude in the, in the planet is right here in America. In fact, Illinois was a massive oil state. Coal, oil. You want to solve all the problems? There you go. Ta-da. They're not interested in solving the problems. They're interested in controlling the real problem, which is man. Just ask them. Every policy they have is contempt for man even the ones that support them. That's why they could care less that gas is $1.40. It's $1.40 a gallon more in Illinois than it was last year at this time. Doesn't affect the guy in the Bentley in Barrington. Eric Marengo. Hey, Sean. How are you? Good, good. How are you? Love the show, man. I love you. You're speaking the truth. You're hitting it on all points. I just had one question. You know, I'm not 100% about this, but I did hear that just the production alone of one wind turbine with the steel and everything it takes to make it, that it takes 15 years for it to pay for itself. So Eric, it's how is that supposed to work? It's 19 oh, years. And okay. It has a 20 so years. I thought. Yeah, it's take 19 years for this thing to turn. And it has maintenance. a 21 year life yeah. cycle. Eric, what, I got to go to break. I'm sorry, brother. I took you late. No, no, I just want people to know that this is, you know, they're being fooled. I mean, this is thank, ridiculous. Thank, we, you know. thank you, brother. I appreciate it. We'll, we're going to go to break. I'm going to take the rest of your calls when we get back. I spent 10,000 hours, 10,000 more. Oh, if that's what it takes to learn. Yep, you can always tell when Keith's on the board. Listen, I'm, I, I want to say something before we take your calls. If this worked, if this stuff worked, I'd be in. I'd be in. If it, if it delivered energy, if it worked the way it was sold, if it wasn't subsidized, if it was efficient, and if, in fact, it was all around better, I'd be in. It doesn't. I'm, I'm pulling up Tesla's earnings. They, they, they were very secretive. You know, Tesla didn't make money, really doesn't make money. It's subsidized. It runs on grants. In order to sell these cars, people are given credits. It's, it's, if it really worked, would it need all that? If, if wind worked, I'd be in. I don't, I don't like paying the electric company, do you? But it doesn't work. The cheapest and best way for the highest quality of life is what we have. We can improve upon that, and we have already improved upon that. But they have this, this mystical, magical measurement tool that they tell us is, is their version of, it, of an answer, and we don't get to digest it or think about it or talk about it. We're legislated into capitulation in what is supposed to be a free country. It is exactly counter of the principles of Americanism. This entire green movement 
is a fascistic mafia where you do not even get to speak against it. It's very similar to the vaccines or their health care. Are we starting to see a pattern here? I know I am. Matt, Central Illinois. Yes, uh, thank you for taking my call. Um, you are absolutely right in that they are, uh, it, it's, it's never enough, right? And one of the things that I've always been crazy about, it's like, okay, uh, the CO2 is polluting and oil is evil and all that kind of stuff. But why was Greenpeace so against nuclear power in the, in the 70s and 80s? Wasn't that exactly what would have solved all of these problems? What do you, what do you think? Because of Three Mile Island and, and, Three Mile Island and, a, and a reporter's interpretation of what the ramifications would be, even though nobody died specifically from Three Mile Island. They said people developed cancer from it. But there's, here's something. You know, Matt, you're in central Illinois. You know how many Chicagoans have no idea? I don't know if it's still the case, but Illinois had the most nuclear power plants of any state I know in the Midwest, and it may be the country. And they're all shut oh, down yeah, for the most part. And it's been super successful. Yeah. Uh, they're threatening to shut the one down in a Byron, I know. Uh, we'll see how that turns out. I can't imagine that they could go along with it, but, but it's insane. It, it, it seems to be the best uh, uh, solution to all of these problems, but... Now it's too expensive. Now it's too late, it seems. So I don't know what's wind, I guess. And, and, and you know, Matt, they found a way to sell people a myth. And not only did they yeah. find a way to sell us a myth and, and demand that we agree with them, they also pay for it without our cooperation. I mean, if you took a poll right. of the vast amount of people, especially people that earn from $250,000 a year down, Nobody can afford these kind of costs. You know, it's hard to articulate how exactly this movement will devastate every aspect of your life, but it will. And if they're going to put these costs on your on your employer, are they going to keep you or agree with the government to stay in business? They're going to fire a tremendous amount of their workforce and they could care less because their answer is you'll have to adapt. Because they're, they're using the coal miners, you could learn how to program. But that's the contempt they have for the citizens of this country. They don't care about your life, Matt, and your choices. In this America, in 2021, you, you, do not, you are not entitled to your opinion on these things. You're going to take their opinion, and you're going to shut up and like it. And to me, there's not a more anti-American government that's ever been in control of this, of this country. There's not, they, they do not share one principle of Americanism. This is absolute and total Marxist and absolute and total fascism. And that's why they're called the eco-Nazis. Feel free to share that with your friends. Thank you, Matt, for calling. Let's go to John and Elsip. Hey, uh, Sean, thanks for taking my call. I uh, love to hear you on the radio, brother. Uh, listen, I, I drive a truck for a living. I'm wearing, I'm wearing a shirt that says America runs on diesel. Okay. And, uh, you know, and I drive by these wind turbines and, and whatever the big, big wind things down, you know, uh, on 65, you know, near Lafayette, Indiana, all the time. I, I watched this documentary and this is really what, it, what I wanted to say. I, I don't really know, like, how true it is. Okay. But I seen this thing and it really made me think it was called Planet of the Humans. Yes. And yes. I don't know if it, maybe maybe it was you that suggested it was me, that John. And ago. tell tell the audience who made it. Uh, so, yeah, it was that guy, Michael, uh, whatever. Michael Moore, the, 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 the fitness. Right. He's, he's Pritzker's workout partner. 
Right, right. Well, that thing just blew my mind totally and completely. I made my 18-year-old daughter sit there and watch it with me. And, you know, she cried at the end, you know, with the little monkey and all of that. Yeah. But uh, to- totally opened my eyes. And that was Coke and uh, and Al Gore, the same guys that, like, implemented this. And, and, and like you said, just rammed it down our throat, mandated all of these crazy policies so that their companies would make billions of dollars producing crap. Producing exactly. crap. Now, John, I'm going yeah. to blow your mind again. You know why I'm so I'm focused it, on Afghanistan all of the all of the time? Do you know that Afghanistan okay. is is a terror? It, 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 it's it's desolate. It's it's hostile environment. But you know what it is? It's the Saudi Arabia of lithium. And notice okay. at the same time. At the same time, America and the rest of the world takes this massive, massive push to the green eco-Nazi agenda. Look at how important all of these countries where the people, the vast majority of them, are uneducated and really unaware of their own rights. So do you think we're helping the Afghanis or do you think we're invading and that we are going to rape their land for their lithium that they're probably unaware of? And this is all being done by government as they tell the American people we have to we have to kill them to help them. Thank you, John. I appreciate it very much. It's all blamed on the boogeyman. The whole time, the oligarchs just ring the register, baby. Just ring the register. Joe Naperville. Okay, you know, this, I love always asking uh, liberals and these tree huggers this question. And the question is. When do you do you think we're ever going to run out of oil? Well, don't you remember Jimmy Carter? I had the clip. I know Misty could find it. Jimmy Carter in 1977 said we were going to run out of it in 35 years, the stupid son of a dog that he was. And in the meantime, we discovered oceans of it that we cannot use for a thousand years. Well, here's here's the thing that people don't realize. You know, economics, okay? If we run out of oil, start running out of oil, and oil becomes scarce, the price goes up, other forms of energy come down or are more, more attractive. So therefore, you don't need oil anymore. So people don't get this, that, okay, if, if the government subsidizes things, it puts a monkey wrench in it. Let the free markets dictate what kind of energy, what kind of cars we're going to drive. That's how things are going to work out much better. John, do you know that they, I mean, Joe, excuse me, you know that they regulate the production of diesel engines? Did you know that diesel engines can run on virtually anything? They can run on virtually anything. But do you know when you when you go to buy a gallon of diesel gas, it has over $1.60 in taxes and penalties? There's a penalty to buy diesel. So do you think they're interested in what's really good for the environment or what's efficient or what's cost efficient for the people, the citizens who they're supposed to represent? This is an atrocity what's going on. And the fact of the matter, this one woman, she's just one in a million. This is a scam that there are millions of insiders on. This is this is an, the entire the entire section of our economy is is an absolute insider trading goldmine. They are just and they are printing money, brother. And and every I got I got five clips that guarantee billions and billions and hundreds of billions into this, and nobody cares about what the reality is of our situation. Thank you for the call. I appreciate it. All right, I'm going to take a break. I'll get to your calls. The rest of them, it's just me and you today. And then at the end, six thirty to seven. We're going to lighten it up. It's it's a fantastic Friday. So I'll be back after this with the rest of your calls. All right. Who wants to go golfing with me? 
on June 28th. You know, Amy Jacobson started talking about her stems, her long legs. Next thing I know, I heard she sold out. I'm very embarrassed. I don't know if I sold out yet. Damn it. We better find out. And you people better pony up. It's that time of year again. It's time for the annual 560 AM golf outing. This year, we're proud to partner with our friends at the 100 Club of Illinois. Now, what these people do is they take the proceeds... And they help families of first responders killed in the line of duty. So the money is going to an incredible cause here. And they also help the first responders who are active, who have problems throughout the state of Illinois. This is your chance to back the blue. This is the real chance, not the phony baloney, I back the blue. Pony up now, damn it. I want to sell my foursome. Here's the best way to do it. You purchase a foursome from our golf outing for Monday, June 28th at Mistwood Golf Club in Romeoville. By the way, I'm probably going to lose the money back to you. It's probably going to cost you nothing. You'll enjoy a full day of golf, which includes lunch, breakfast, or dinner. But you'll also receive an AM560 marketing package. So our professionals come over. They go through your business. They give you 25 one-minute commercials to air on this station Monday through Friday between 5 a.m. and 10 p.m. along with a free digital marketing analysis. I'll be at the golf outing in the morning because Dan and Amy are doing their thing. They'll be at the golf outing in the afternoon. You can play with them in the afternoon. The cost to play with us, and I guess I'm the only one left, is two grand. And the regular cost, this is still a great deal for you. Get marketing and all this for eleven ninety six. Get you a full day of golf, lunch, breakfast, and dinner. Book your tea times at five sixty theanswer dot com slash golf. It's five sixty theanswer dot com slash golf. Sponsored in part by Joe Cotton Ford, Remke's Garage, Mars Medical, Pops Italian Beef and Sausage, and the State Farm Insurance Agent Finney Rachel. Do I have to talk about my legs? You want me to wear the short shorts? Just buy the foursome. All right. Now we're going to get back to the show. Uh, what are we going to go, though? Let's, oh, look at this. Bill in Cape Coral, Florida. How are you, Bill? Yes, sir. Good. How are you? Uh, my little comment is if there was any validity to these companies that were the solar and all these green energy, they would own them and charge us. Because there's, there's nothing to that, they're using our tax, tax dollars to make their money. But if it was really a legit a money-making positive idea, they would own them. Bill, so you're in just, Florida. You're in Florida. Yeah. I, I'm in Florida. I do We do business in Florida. I got property in Florida. Solar, if it would work anywhere, it would work here. Yet what happens to these people, these older people are taken advantage of. They sign the contract. They don't know it's a 30-year loan, that the, the panels cost them $35,000, $45,000. It saves them in energy because you can't store the energy. It saves them maybe half on their electric bill, but they still owe the forty grand. And it's right on their title. It's a nightmare. So if it worked, wouldn't you be in the business, Bill? I'd be in the business. If it worked, I'd invest in the company. That's what that's what that's why they're using our tax dollars. Because the business is a failure. But I compliment you. Keep it up. You're doing great. Oh, thank you, Bill. I appreciate it. See now Bill lives in the Cape. It's very interesting, very reasonable. You get a house, you get water access. I'll tell you, it's a wonderful little spot. It's like Marco Island before the prices went parabolic. David in Lansing. Hey, Sean. uh, I might put you on the spot right now. Hope you don't mind. Don't worry. I had somebody Um, tell me he pants me. I didn't even know it, but go ahead. (laughs) Um, This is a question that some would consider a conspiracy theory. Do you think, um, I know what I think. I, I mean, I think... Maybe all this green stuff is downstream from uh, globalist carbon taxes. Absolutely, David. It's not a conspiracy theory. They tried to open the exchange in Chicago. I was asked to be a market maker. We could talk about that for a segment. I'll tell you what, what a scam that was. And guess who the partners were? Hank Paulson, Republican, Al Gore, Marxist fraud. 
All right, I'll be back. We're going to change the subject. If you are on the line, call back during the next segment. From the streets of Melrose Park to the trading floor of the Merc, he's fought for every dollar he's ever earned. And now, with personal liberty and our system of capitalism under assault in America, he's here to seize back our rights from the government. With a cigar in one hand and a copy of the Declaration of Independence in the other, he's Sean Thompson. And this is The Sean Thompson Show. Government, in my opinion, has been seized by absolute fascists, Marxists, and totalitarians. It's irrelevant what the people of this country feel. And it's almost a copy and paste of the strategy that they have. You will capitulate. You will take it. And you will sit there and let us know when we're going to tax you, how we're going to tax you, or what we're going to spend. It, it, they're the best examples of this always happen when Democrats are in office, but it always happens when there's Republicans, too. Republicans like this as well. The famed word, the mystical, magical unicorn of infrastructure. It's a word that's been bantied around for 200 years. And all you have to do is say it. And the people feel that you're going to help them and that it's going to be wonderful and that we will get to that Star Trek utopia. No one really focuses on exactly what's in it and the fact that we're paying for it every day. Every day in this country, every county, every municipality, every state, city, all pays infrastructure taxes by just merely living. Every tax we pay is supposed to go for infrastructure. Yet we're so, we're led by such corrupt politicians that none of it really gets done. And what happens when none of it gets done? Well, the federal government gets to come in and rescue it. So we have a few stars. We really do. We have, there's some optimism. We have a few stars. And uh, I'm going to start off with a star to give you a little hope. And joining us now, Republican Senator Rand Paul of Kentucky. Senator, great to see you and great to have you here today. I, it's hard sometimes to look at these numbers. $172 billion they want to spend. Just how far left do you think some of these members like AOC of President Biden's party how far do you think they can push them? Well, they definitely think that money grows on trees, and I guess that's part of the green plan. We're all for trees, and so you're going to go to the money tree to find this. If you add all of it up from the infrastructure bill, it's actually about $500 billion. So there's $174 billion for weatherizing houses, which actually never gets to energy efficiency to meet the cost. There's about $100 billion for electric cars. There's $10 billion for some kind of army of climate change people, some kind of climate core youth, uh, which I think has connotations in a history of our world and European history of these, you know, sort of government informed youths out there marching for things that the government tells them to do. I think all of it's horrendous. But the biggest problem is the financial drain on the country and the future of our country by spending so much money we don't have. So Rand Paul goes on TV and and he says how much of the bill is about nonsense. And the Republicans are paying attention because what they understand is those of us that that were robbed in November, those of us that vote Republican, we're kind of sick and tired of the nonsense. So they came out with another plan. Now, I'm not quite sure it's a win, but it is about 24 percent of what Joe Biden wanted. Well, thank you, Senator Capito, and also to Senators Barrasso and Toomey. It's been great to work with uh, all three of these 
senators uh, on this, this is Roger Wickfaith effort and this uh, this um, uh, um, serious effort to get negotiations started with uh, President Biden and our uh, Democratic colleagues in the House and Senate. I was fortunate enough to be in the Monday meeting in the White House with the president and vice president some 10 days ago. There were other Republicans who met in the Oval Office on Monday of this week. Um, now, uh, today, after talking to many of our colleagues, and particularly the three people behind me, uh, I'm pleased to come forth 10 days after meeting with the president with, uh, with an offer that really uh, should address what most Americans think of as infrastructure. Now, that's Roger Wicker. And he's one of the few Republicans to be invited into a meeting by the feeble fascist. And um, he's an interesting guy. He's from Mississippi. He's 69. So, you know, Joe Biden, he wants to be around a couple of younger guys. So he brings Ricker in. And um, his idea is to start off with $528 billion. So uh, as Senator Capito said, what is infrastructure? It's highways, bridges, it's water and wastewater, it's ports and rail airports, and certainly we're all agreed that broadband is part of it. So uh, we, we take the part of the president. Now, are we all agreed that broadband is part of it? Are we all agreed on that? Because broadband, I mean, am I the only one that remembers when Chicago, when the Daly family was going to do broadband for the whole city, and they blew through $170 million and nobody got it? I mean, eventually they got it because Comcast saw a demand and other companies, AT&T and whatnot, and Verizon and cellular and satellites. But yet we're still talking about broadband. You see, to me, this is something that should take care of itself. And moreover, this is technology that can be delivered from different various satellites. So we're all caught up because people are afraid to say, well, what do you mean broadband? And what they mean are tens, if not hundreds of billions of dollars for it. President's plan that most Americans agree is real hard infrastructure. We give it our touch, and, uh, and, and we, we think we have uh, a very good number here. Let me just also point out a couple of things. Congress is accustomed to working on infrastructure in a bipartisan way. The four committees that we represent here uh, have time and again, over the decades and in past years, worked on infrastructure bill on a bipartisan uh, way, and as Senator Capito said, there's legislation that we hope is pending in the next week or two uh, with regard to some of this infrastructure. So now you, 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 we're cranking out trillions upon trillions. This year alone, soft estimates are between $6.2 trillion of different various spending bills, all including some form of infrastructure. He just jammed the, the, the 1.9, which is really 2.2, down our throats. They've got money they haven't spent yet. And you're wondering why. Where is all the money going? Well, simultaneously with this, as I like to call her Nooner, the vice president, Kamala Harris, she um, kind of let us know where some of the money's going to go. If you look at the acute issues, in particular that are affecting the Northern Triangle, we are looking at extensive storm damage because of extreme climate. We're looking at drought in an area, in a region where agriculture is one of the most traditionally uh, important um, bases for their economy. 
We're looking at uh, what's happening in terms of food scarcity as a result of that. And in fact, incredible food insecurity, which you know, we used to call hunger, <laughs> food insecurity. Um, and we are looking at, therefore, a number of issues that also relate to poverty, extreme poverty, and also um, there's violence, obviously, coming out of those regions. When you look at the root causes, we're also looking at the issue of, of corruption. Again, we're looking at the issue of climate resiliency, and then the, the, the concern about a lack of economic opportunity. So how I see it is that for us to be effective in that region, among the work that we can do together, we have to give people a sense of hope. Um, I've asked these leaders of major philanthropic organizations, not only nationally but globally, I've asked you to come together so I can learn from you, so I can hear from you. Many of you have been invested for years, like I said, in the region. I want to hear from you to know what works what has worked, what has not worked. So that will help inform our strategy going forward. See, she's not talking about America. No, 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 no. She's talking about the Northern Triangle, El Salvador, Guatemala, Honduras, among other third world countries. And that's in the bill. You know, the one they're calling infrastructure. So it's not the infrastructure of America. It's not just the infrastructure of America. It's not just the New Green Deal in America. It's the entire agenda for countries that are not America, yet those are American dollars. And it's all cooked in the bill. And the Republicans come out and want to talk about what customary infrastructure is. Why aren't they coming out? Why are you spending money in other countries? That's in the bill. Who's talking about that? So I'm sorry. I'm sure, I'm sure that uh, Senator Wicker is a hell of a guy. Sure, he's a phenomenal 70-year-old fella, probably a great guy, but he's not up for the task. He's not up for the task because you're negotiating on the premise of what? The reality is if you're in this country and we're in these financial straits after a shutdown for one year, you don't spend money in these other countries. I'm sorry. You only spend money in this country. And it's all in the bill. And when they talk about it, do they talk about that? Is this new green deal just for us? No, no, no. It's the Northern Triangle. Ooh, that sounds expensive. 312-642-5600. Are you comfortable spending infrastructure money and Green New Deal boondoggle money in the Northern Triangle? 312-642-5600. I'll take your calls when I get back. So when the good senator... And the Republican negotiator says $568 billion is a lot of money. He's missing the bigger picture. This is not about just American infrastructure. This is about truly third world countries that we are going to invest hundreds of billions of dollars in. And that's why when Rand Paul talks, he correctly understands the gravity of the numbers. Senator Paul, let me just play devil's advocate here. So this is a 10-year program. It will cost about $17.2 billion a year. That's the initial program to retrofit public housing. Uh, Bernie Sanders says it would create 240,000 jobs, remove 5.6 million metric tons of carbon over the space of 10 years. Again, to play devil's advocate, if done right, isn't this the sort of infrastructure that we should be investing in? 
Well, building pyramids would create jobs. So, I mean, it's really, should the government be deciding where we use our dollars and where they're spent and where the jobs created, or should the marketplace? In the marketplace, we vote. So when I go to Walmart or I go to Kroger, I vote on what needs to be produced by buying something. And so what is produced and where the jobs are created are what I like to eat or what I like to buy at Walmart. That is the consumer-driven capitalist way where we vote in the economy. When government does it, it means I don't get to vote as a consumer. Bernie Sanders gets to decide it. And it's one thing if they do it in this country. They're doing it in other countries. Where do they even have the authority to spend our tax dollars in other countries on their infrastructure? Is it all covered in the new green deal? Does everybody have to have green new deal? Because if that's the case, it would explain why the bills are trillions upon trillions upon trillions where nobody can watch where the money is spent. Nathaniel, Morton Grove. Hi. Uh, great show as always. Thank you. Um, I'd like to do us a favor as listeners. Don't ever put Kamala Harris on the radio because it makes us feel. Just paraphrase her if Thank you can. Yeah. All right. And, well, uh, I, I, Nathaniel, it's a news show. She, unfortunately, not to you, not because of you or because of me or because of our listeners, she is not just a great date for the afternoon to take to lunch. She is the vice president of the United States. John and Homewood. Hey, Sean. Thank you for being the beacon of freedom that you are every single night. Thank you, sir. Thank you. Our, uh, you're welcome. Infrastructure bill. I believe is definitely going to be the end of this country, trying to cure poverty in the Northern Triangle of Mexico when that government can't even cure, geez, what? Uh, well, it does explain, though, John, it does explain why they wanted, promoted, and created the absolute mayhem at the border that exists today. It also explains why she doesn't want to go there. You don't have to go there if you're just going to throw money at the other countries. You don't have to go there if it's working to your strategy. What's happening at our southern border is not just created and, and promoted by the Biden administration. It's an asset to them. Amen. And my fear is that nobody really cares, at least not in my 30-year-old uh, peer group. Uh, it seems me, me and like maybe two or three friends of mine and everyone else says, ah, oh, no, they're poor. They need our help. They need to come here. And uh, New York's giving them $15,000. So they, you, know, you know, John, my favorite kind of American, believe it or not, I grew up, you know, you, you, you hear the, the promo. I grew up in Monroe's Park. I, 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 my dearest friends probably were illegal when they got here. Their parents were. And to watch those kids that I grew up with be proud Americans and work on no welfare at all and become entrepreneurs and successes in their own right. There's a kid that used to work at the, at the auto parts store that my grandfather had. My uncle used to have to pay for him to go to the dentist. That kid owns two restaurants now. I mean, that's, they are, see, I don't demonize the people who come here because of America. I welcome them. I demonize the politicians that lure them here with free welfare and literally corrupt the, the, the immigrants because they want them as voters, like they've done to certain Americans in this country. That's why. They, they, they've got a system that works. They didn't like that Donald Trump won in across different races, the numbers he won, different races and minorities and people he was supposed to lose with. They didn't like that. So they had to figure out a way to get those horses back in the corral. And this is the way you do it. This is the way you do it. And it really tells you why the Democrat states are run so differently than the Republican states. 
because that's the only way Chicago could stay Democrat for 100 years and become and, and, and really is the ghetto it is for decades because they buy the people off. And that's the corruption. And they tell them the whole time, we're spending money in your neighborhood. Look, at you're going to get daycare. We're going to put new infrastructure in. You're going to get free bandwidth. You're going to get free Wi-Fi. And it works for them. The unfortunate thing, the Republican answer to me is mealy mouth. Thanks, John, for the phone call. Mealy mouth. This is the Republican rebuttal. But examples of this would be the FAST Act, word of bills, FAA reauthorization, things that we've done with, by consensus uh, over the years. And uh, we, we think we can do again. Mm-hmm. This is a big proposal. A billion dollars is a lot of money. Five hundred sixty-eight billion dollars is a lot of money. Now, when we were uh, doing COVID and and uh, the the economy was skidding toward a depression, uh, we talked in terms of trillions. But let's let's not forget that a billion dollars is an enormous amount of money. Now, does that guy sound like the kind of guy that's going to go up against Kamala Harris and her northern triangle and the new energy would bring zero commissions? Listen to the difference. I, I forget trading stocks. Forget that. I'd like to just bet against this guy, Dan in Wisconsin. Hi, Dan. Hello. How are you? Hey. Uh, no, I want to look at. I'm looking. I'm looking at this. I look at this uh, from the from the bigger picture, and everybody's looking at the at the macro sizes here. Is that uh, what this all what this all encompasses? What it's all about? The whole agenda is is about. It's all about a global. It's all about globalism and a global reset to remove to remove America from you know from a global superpower as it is and it was at one time to make china you know it was all about the western central bank reset this whole thing this whole pandemic and this why they're spending all this money is to reset uh the world well, if economy. you're if you're if you're asking me from a from a fundamental standpoint can they possibly uh-huh. be doing what they're doing and not expect to collapse the american monetary system and the answer to me is no they, they they have to be right. aware to a certain extent that they're they're going to collapse the American monetary system. And the other thing is you have to also yep. look at it from the standpoint of how have they maintained the world stronghold in the dollar? And that is through military intimidation and action. Right? So mm-hmm. yep. if your answer is they're they're trying to to uh you know collapse the dollar for a world government and all of that, I've seen all of that and I've looked at it and um ultimately I don't completely agree with it but what i will say is there is a concerted effort to turn a blind eye to a nation that it, that has been caught red-handed in numerous occasions of lying of of putting people in concentration camps of slaughtering their own people and they're communists and that's to take china and put them on a world stage and the world health organization and the green new deal and pretend they give a rip about co2 levels they could care less. Z Absolutely. is laughing his flat derriere off at this. He's laughing at us. And, you know, is it ignorance or is it intentional? Dan, I don't know. That's going to be another show. But what I will say is I have to believe at a certain extent they are trying to, to collapse the U.S. monetary system. I don't disagree with that at all. Thank you, Dan, for the call. I appreciate it. So, see, I'm not willing to write off people who say, oh, there's a conspiracy. Do I, do I agree with the fact that the people in the know, the Janet Yellens, the hierarchies of our of our investment banks, the, the way in which our, our banking system has been corrupted, and the fact of the matter is there are some notable people who have made 
billions upon billions by collapsing stock that are involved in these policies. I don't know, it's hard to deny. I'm not willing to deny all of that. And I can't believe American economists believe that what Rand Paul said, well, building a pyramid creates jobs, but is it a value to the nation? So to a certain extent, I think there's, there's, there's some validity to the idea that your government and the people in charge of policies are trying to destroy our currency. How else could you talk about bills after bills after bills? There are trillions and trillions and trillions. It's preposterous to me. 312-642-5600. I'll be back. I'll clean up the board after this. Thank you so much. All right, we're going to do... Uh, we're going to do the movie segment a little late today. I want to take Robert in Oak Park, and I want to talk a little bit about Auntie Mary Fauci. Robert, how are you? Uh, yes, very well, very well to hear from you. Uh, I wanted to thank you for reporting what the mainstream media wants. Two points, quick points, Sean. Uh, we had a shooting that the seven-year-old girl waiting on her Happy Meal at the McDonald's yeah. with her father, South Side. 45 shell casings, two separate shooters, it looks like, for just a blip, just a blip. And concurrently, we had in Oak Park just about three days ago, and you're the only one that reported this that I heard, and I listened to the other stations. Uh, a woman getting off the blue line at about 2.30 a.m., mm-hmm. uh, brutally, brutally beaten. Young girl, well, young woman, 34 years old. Right. She, she almost died. Yes, 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 yes. That reminds me of another beating we had years back. But, yeah, I moved in Old Park from Berkeley, and I'm from the old school, Merrill's Park area, this, that. I moved in here thinking it was going to be, um, you know, conservative, by the way. But uh, I was Well, there's like three of you there. You you guys could get together and have a tea party. Right, 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 right. But with COVID, I'm I'm sure we'll get a knock on the door by, you know, knock on the door. Very good point. Yes, yes. And it's a right. shame because there's some wonderful people there. There are some wonderful businesses there. And um, it's one of the most totalitarian towns that I'm aware of. And in right. the meantime, you know, when this kind of thing happens, I, I can't help but notice there's a lot of stifled news. So thank you, Robert. I appreciate you listening. And I appreciate it very much. Thank you very much. Thank well, you. If I, wasn't, if I wasn't listening, I wouldn't even know about this. And I live a block and a half away from, from that uh, station. Well, don't let the women in your house go outside without you. Thank you very much. It, oh, I hung up on him. I'm sorry, Robert. It used to be there was a time when um, those stories were in part important and neighborhoods would get together to make sure that that didn't happen, but that was a real long time ago. And it used to be um, there would be a report about an organization that posted bond for the man that was with Adam Toledo, the man, the 21-year-old, who I'm sure was just um, a consultant on gang activity. And he didn't, you know, help with the gun or put the gun in the hand of the 13-year-old. So they got the guy. He was in custody. Yet there's an organization out there. Who knew this? Organization post bond for the man with Adam Toledo, the teen that was fatally shot by Chicago police. An organization posted bond twice for the 21-year-old man who was with the 13-year-old Adam Toledo minutes before he was shot. The Chicago Community Bond Fund has posted bond for more than 650 people, totaling more than $4 million. Now, how does this this group, this shill company, get $4 million to, to bond out a, a 21-year-old that was with the 13-year-old? So now this kid's out and about. 
gee, that seems like it should maybe be looked into. Maybe when Chuck Gowdy gets done investigating uh, St. Valentine's Day flower deliveries. I saw that one year. I'm not making that up. Chuck Gowdy, what is he on ABC? I can never figure it. I can't. I don't know if it's my TV or what. He's got the, the hips like an Amish woman. He does a story. You're in the most corrupt city in the country, bar none. Not New Jersey, not New York, us right here. An investigative reporting story on how FTD doesn't deliver the flowers on time after it takes the money. How about you look into this group? Let's see. I'd love to know how, the, how this organization, the Chicago Community Bond Fund, where does it get the money? You think maybe it's a shill company for street gangs? Ah, just me thinking out of the box. It could be. But we're living in a topsy-turvy world. In fact, we're living in a world where an 80-year-old who, uh, if it wasn't for medication, wouldn't probably get out of bed, is now the most powerful man in the country. I really, this Fauci's like a stone in my shoe. Every time he opens his mouth, I, I throw up a little bit in my mouth, just like I do when I see Dr. Howardly from Chicago, just a little bit, a little dry heave. He has the audacity, the unmitigated gall, to instead of, instead of focusing on the problems in the ghettos of the philosophy, the Democrat philosophy he believes in, uh, instead of focusing on their failures, he wants to utilize the tragedy of the Democrat Party as an emergency for the, um, the American health organization. I have to play for you this soundbite from Republican Senator Ron. Oh, I, I'm sorry, I hit the wrong. I hit the wrong clip. I apologize. This is a clip. This is Fauci again. This is with Ron Johnson talking about vaccines. Excuse me. I have to play for you this soundbite from Republican Senator Ron Johnson. You may have already heard it. He said that the government should not be encouraging young people to take the vaccine because it is on an emergency use authorization. Listen to this, sir. Because it's not a fully proven. So now what we're talking about is the vaccines. There's a big push. There's, I think I read this morning, there's 65 colleges that are insisting that the students that go to college be vaccinated. Now, regardless of the fact of what's happening with this virus, that they are the least likely to be affected by it, Fauci deems that it's okay to force vaccination on children. Vaccine. Um, I think we probably should have limited the distribution to it to, to the real, to the vulnerable, uh, to people that really aren't, you know, to the very young. Uh, I see no reason to be pushing vaccines on people. What is the point? If the, of course, the science tells us that vaccines are 95 percent effective. So if you have a vaccine, quite honestly, what do you care if your neighbor has one or not? I mean, what, what is it to you? you you've got a vaccine and it's, you know, science is tell, telling you it's very, very effective. So why is this big push to make sure everybody gets a vaccine? So I could be wrong here, but it would seem to me that a pandemic is exactly what an emergency use authorization is meant for. But Dr. Fauci, correct me if I'm wrong here. Can you answer the senator's question? Why this push to get everyone yeah, vaccinated? This is MSNBC, and there's somebody on there named Amen, and Amen doesn't like the idea that we still have a few senators left and we still have a few people left that think that people should not force other people to participate in vaccines. That, to me, seems like it would be a big point, that we shouldn't be forcing people to participate in vaccines. There was a time when there was all kinds of privacy about what kind of medication people were on or what they did with their doctor. In fact, I think there's a few laws um, that were implemented. But it's one of those things you kind of warn when you give power to bureaucracies like this, you kind of lose that right over your own life. 
you kind of lose that right to choose what goes in your body. We are about six months away from everybody being force-fed this vaccine. So your opinion, just like your opinion with the green energy, just like your opinion with the infrastructure, your opinion of what you want to participate in is irrelevant. In a collectivist society, you can participate if you like it, but you will participate if you don't. And we have a senator who is being made fun of by some morphodite on MSNBC because they go on in the clip to make fun of him that he doesn't understand the pandemic or what it means. When the reality is, I understand what a pandemic is, and I understand what it means. It means you lose your liberty. You lose the right to your opinion. You lose the right to your very body. Your very body. We are six months away from mandated forced vaccinations. I'm very glad I was able to see the writing on the wall and reach out to Sergey. Those, thank God, they're, they're not too technologically advanced on the passes, on the passports. I'm going to have to fly back to the sewer tomorrow. And don't worry if they ask, I'll, I'll produce a passport. I hope you are. I hope you'll do that because before I put this in my 19-year-old and my 17-year-old, they're not going to get it, but they'll get the passport. Because I will not let these fascist pigs tell me or my children what must go in our bodies. Where is the line going to be drawn? We're bent over a barrel with green energy and taxation. We're bent over a barrel with the agenda because we don't have anybody on our side. But when it comes to being force-fed a vaccine, you should have the right to your body to believe in it. If you do, I, I hold you no good, good for you. You go right ahead. Fine. Don't I deserve that? Don't my children deserve that? Don't all of our children deserve that? It's a little nauseating how comfortable we've become with the idea we're just slaves waiting for the master to tell us what's next. 312-642-5600. I'll be back after this. Let's all go to the live. Let's go to the movie. It's time for Friday Features with Sean. And now, on with the show. All right. I've got a, I've got a series on Showtime that I love. It's called Deep State, believe it or not. But it's great. It's actually great. It's topical. And it's not necessarily specifically about the CIA in America, but it includes it. Very, very interesting. And then for the movie, this is the part where everyone gets to make fun of me, and I don't care. As you know, I like sci-fi. Signs, it's an old movie, Signs with Mel Gibson. But there was a Friday that I did this, and everyone made fun of me. I talked about how, obviously, the government's trying to destroy the dollar. The only answer is the aliens. After all, they're the only kind of people that carry that kind of money around. Trillions, I'm hoping, come from the aliens. And um, I went home, and after I, you know, I get ridiculed on YouTube. I get ridiculed on the, all the Facebook sites. And I don't, I, I take the criticism. I love it. And I get home, and I put on Tucker Carlson. Guess what? Turns out I'm not the only one. Just a few days ago, the Pentagon confirmed that a 2019 video of a UFO sighting is actually real. It was a UFO. The video shows a pyramid-shaped object flying over a U.S. Navy destroyer. This is the very first time the public has seen video from this incident. The UFO footage was leaked to a filmmaker called Jeremy Corbell, who joins us tonight to explain all of this. Jeremy, thanks so much for coming on. Tell us where thanks this was shot. Um, what are we looking at here? 
Yeah, so I obtained and released uh, videos and photographic evidence of UFOs swarming our warships. So the green video is night vision. That's from the USS Russell. It wasn't just one pyramid-shaped craft. It was multiple. These were swarms. I also released with my mentor in journalism, George Knapp, also released from the USS Omaha, which looks like thermal imagery. Uh, he released three photos the day prior to mine. So we're, we're trying to get this out to continue uh, elevating the conversation because it's very important we have it right now. You think? I mean, those are not weather balloons. Those are clearly no. autonomous aircraft of some kind that are, as you put it, swarming U.S. military craft. Who's making fun of me now? This is our only chance. Pay off the national debt. Get rid of the Democrat Party. Because those little aliens from the future, they're not going to like our fascists. They're not going to like it. They're going to know the answers to the best quality of life ever. And that's the American principles of liberty and freedom. Yeah, go ahead. Keep making fun of me. The guy in there is making fun of me. This is legit. So These are there are two options. Intelligent I... control. These are craft under intelligent that... control, and they're flying with impunity, Tucker, within our airspace. And uh, they can outmaneuver, outperform um, anything that we seem to... There you go. World peace. I'm big on the... I'm rooting for the aliens. Watch signs, and then watch this clip on Tucker. Tell me if you could sleep good. I'll be back. Have a great weekend. We'll be back Monday. Believe in shooting stars, but she believe in shoes.